listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. We find ourselves in a very distracted time in history. (laughs) There's so many distractions that are thrown at us, and I'm not talking about what's going on in the news. I'm talking about the places we can distract ourselves from living a life. Part of what I've noticed as I've worked with people working on their relationship is that many times people are confused. They think they're taking action, but in reality, they're spending a lot more time in distraction. And I've noticed this is a growing trend. More and more, I hear people who are telling me how they're working on their relationship, how they're trying to take action in their relationship. But all I hear is that they are in the middle of distraction. So my question is, are are you living distraction or action? Are you taking action? Or are you finding yourself stuck in that, that place of distraction? Let's talk about what distraction sometimes looks like. I've talked with a lot of people who are uh, collectors of information about their marriage. And I can tell this because they have lots of books on their Kindle or on their bedside. They have lots of programs that they've, they've saved on their computer. They have DVDs. They have recordings and podcasts. And by the way, here you are on a podcast. And they're collecting information. Now, let me be very clear that I love information. I am one of those people that loves those programs. So I'm not opposed to collecting information, but I am opposed to collecting information that never becomes action. And so part of the way we distract ourselves is to believe that we're doing something when we're collecting the information. Collecting the information is only step one. And if we never get beyond that, all we're doing is being distracted. I can tell you in this, co- this connected world where you can find so many books and so many articles and so many programs and podcasts and everything else, it is possible to fill lots and lots of time and lots and lots of storage space on your computer, your whatever other device you have with all of that information and never get to it. Sometimes I'm ashamed when I look on my uh, podcasts of all the podcasts that I'm not listening to that I really meant to listen to. And when I open up my uh, Kindle app, I can see all the books that I meant to read that I haven't read. It's the same on my computer. I can see those programs. And I realize that part of my task is to decide which ones are important and which ones are distractions. The ones that are important lead me to action. The ones that are distractions entertain me. Let me choose not to take responsibility for what's going on because it's out of my hands. Give me excuses. Give me reasons why this is all going on, but don't lead me back to action. So if you find yourself collecting information, collecting information and telling yourself that you are taking action in the process of collecting information, let me remind you that that's distraction unless it's just step one. The second way we distract is spy on a spouse. Now, spying on a spouse doesn't mean that uh, you're necessarily there's anything going on with your spouse. I watch this many times that when there's a crisis, people begin to spy on a spouse. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to get into the head of their spouse. 
And so they begin to look at all of the things going on in their spouse. So they, they stalk all the social media and maybe they follow them around a little bit and drive by to make sure that they're where they say they're going to be. And they begin to ask questions of friends. You know, what's your opinion of what's going on with my spouse? And they have conversations with other people, which leads us to another distraction, talking to others. Now, sometimes people say, well, I need to do those things to know what I'm up against. But what I've noticed is that while that might be a necessary starting point, it's not an end in itself. But many people get caught up in spying on a spouse to the point that they are no longer even working to connect with their spouse. More than that, many people are talking to all the other people around them, but they're not having conversations with their spouse. I had a conversation last week with a woman who told me that it's not like she wasn't doing anything to try to work on her relationship. And I said, well, tell me what you're doing. And she said, you know, I've talked to my friends about this. I've talked to my husband's family about this. I've talked to my husband's friends about this. And she went down the list of all the people she talked to, had a therapist, had a coach, lots of talking. I said, how many conversations have you had with your husband? And she said, oh, I haven't talked with him in three weeks. It was a distraction to talk to other people. Part of what she was doing was alleviating her own feeling of anxiety by finding other people to talk to. There's another term for that. It's called gossip. It's when we're talking about other people who aren't part of that conversation. And we often couch it in being concerned. We often couch it in caring and and worried about that other person. But in reality, nothing is changing because it never gets beyond talking to others. Now, let me be very clear. You might need to talk with somebody. You might need a therapist. You might need a coach. We have those on staff. You might need a friend who's just a listening ear. You might need somebody to talk to. So my concern here is not whether you have somebody you're talking to, but whether your talking turns to action or whether you never get beyond the conversation with others. So begin to ask yourself the question, how much energy are you putting into conversations about your spouse versus how much time you're spending in conversation with your spouse, how much energy you're putting into connecting with your spouse? The other distraction I want to highlight is how we play games. This is the game where you want your spouse to read your mind, to show you the love you want, where you might uh, reach toward your spouse, but you're really trying to get your spouse to reach towards you. And this requires you to be clear about the game. If you hug your spouse, to make sure you're hugging your spouse to give them a hug, not to get hugged. If you're kissing your spouse, to make sure you're kissing your spouse to kiss your spouse, not to get a kiss. If you're Sending a text, make sure you're sending that text to let your spouse know you love them, not to get a response back. In other words, playing a game is trying to get something from someone else versus trying to give them something. Many times we spend a lot of time playing games, which is all about trying to get our spouse to prove that our spouse loves us. And yet, We already know right off that many times we do that when our spouse is feeling disconnected and can't do that. So what's the action look like? Well, let me just suggest that there are five pieces to the action. One is practice. To actually do something, to practice these things. 
one of the things I've noticed is that sometimes these are muscles that we haven't used for a while. So they're kind of atrophied a little bit. The connection muscle has, has kind of grown weak. And so we have to work out a little bit. And that's about practice, trying to do some small things and building the bigger things. Practice. This is one of the reasons that I believe that you don't go for the huge grand gesture, but you build towards bigger and bigger gestures because you're practicing, you're learning your skills, you're honing your skills, and you're learning what works with your spouse. Change. Action is about change, about you asking, what do I need to change about myself? Where do I need to grow in this process? Let me be clear. I don't mean that people are messed up, that there's something wrong with you. As much as we all are about growth, what's right with humans is that we're all capable of growing and being more than we've been. So when I say you need to change, it has nothing to do with there's something broken with you and everything to do with there's an opportunity for you to grow into some other place. So take the action as a chance of change and of challenge. Sometimes we, we shirk away from challenge and we live in distraction because the challenge scares us. So let me also remind you that fear, if you have some of that scary place, the fear is just letting you know this is important, of letting you know that there's something calling you to something else, something bigger, something greater, and that's the challenge. You may not have done the relationship like this before. You may find yourself trying to find better ways of relating. That's the challenge of this. But challenge is where the action takes place. If you don't find yourself challenging yourself, you're probably in the midst of distraction rather than, than, than action. The next place of action is appreciate. Find ways of growing that appreciation place within you. Not just about your spouse, but about your entire life. To look around and say, what do I appreciate about my life? I'll also remind you here that our brain really is only capable of one or the other. You can live in fear and threat, or you can live in appreciation and love. And those go hand in hand, because the last one I want to talk about in action is loving your spouse. So let me be clear with those two, that those are intentions, Love is not the feeling. I'm not asking you to feel all gushy about your spouse. I'm asking you to act lovingly. Sometimes we get confused in our culture about what love is. Love is the action you take. There's a feeling associated, and it usually comes after you take the action. Many times people say, I don't know how to get that feeling back. And my response is, act lovingly. When you act that way, the feeling comes back. So act lovingly. That's always a choice we can, we can take. And usually when we're acting lovingly, we're acting out of appreciation, of saying that, there, that we have a place to appreciate in life, no matter what it is, no matter how small it is, there is a place we can all grasp for appreciation. My suggestion is you start every day with a little appreciation exercise. And at the end of every day, you do a little appreciation exercise, which is just to name three to four things for which you're appreciative, that you can live into that appreciation every day. That's an action you can take, very simple action that creates a new wiring in your neuronal pathways in your brain. So each morning, come up with three things, just three things that you appreciate in your life right now. And in the evening, remember those three things and let that feeling of appreciation grow within you. When you do that, my guess is it will be much easier to be loving. Remember that loving is action toward your spouse to show them how you feel. 
to show them that they're important to you, to show them that you understand the language they speak of love. So remember the distractions. The distractions are when we try to collect all the information to get all the answers. Usually we're looking for the easy answer. The next one is that we spy on a spouse, trying to figure them out, trying to get in their head. Usually that doesn't get us very far. The next one is that we talk to others, that we pull others into the drama that unfortunately doesn't get us talking with a spouse. Instead, we're spending our time talking with people who can make no difference in that. And the last one is that we play those games, the games of getting somebody to move towards you instead of you moving towards your spouse. That's opposed to our action. And our action is based in practice, little by little, building up those muscles, learning to put into action the information that you're learning. The work on change, growing yourself, finding places where you can stretch into and to grow into a challenge, a place to challenge yourself, which leads us to one of those challenges of building appreciation and finally of showing love. If you need more help with that, if you're trying to put your plan together, if you're trying to figure out your process, I would invite you to grab my system at savethemarriage.com. Or if you would prefer, you can also find some information in my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. You can find that by going to savethemarriage.com slash book. That's savethemarriage.com slash book. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.